Captains to another episode of M Class Podcast. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> that was probably like we could get by with using that much of the song. I think that's fine. It was like that in the radio when they do that shit where they just throw a bunch of sound. <laughs> You know, like all that fucking whatever. We start doing that. Have a soundboard <laughs> on the show. Uh, soundboard would be fun. Uh, <laughs> Sean had one for cracking the spine, but it was just on his phone, and it was it was just like Simpsons. Like, <laughs> it was like just Simpsons shit. I'm just gonna get a soundboard that has one button, and it's the toilet flushing button. And every Whoosh. time one of us says a joke, I'm gonna go. Whoosh. Yeah, hell yeah. Fucking cell phone. It's the 90s. We're on radio. This is M-Class Podcast, the only Star Trek podcast on the internet where we front-load it with dick and butt jokes so we turn away new fans immediately. I'm Jeff. (laughs) I'm Josh. It's a solid plan. No one will ever listen if we keep doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they already do, in which case, thank you. Yeah, some uh, people like us, I think. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't check the internet. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. Our uh, current collection of episodes that we've been going through is Pizza Man's Western Collection, and this is the final episode in it, so uh, lace up your spurs. I don't think this takes place in the Wild West, but still. Eh, close <laughs> enough. It's got Samuel 1890s. It's me, I'm here again. <laughs> Do you remember when I was in Star Trek? All I could think about this whole episode, before we say anything else, is how difficult it must have been to act alongside this fucking man. It like, must have been great. Could you imagine this dude in this horrible makeup is screaming in your face the whole time he's talking? <laughs> I mean, you can you can tell that, like, uh, Marina Sirtis is like, like enjoying it like she's not smiling because she's acting like she's really laughing at because it's fucking insane dude and like there's a scene where he's talking to uh he's talking to picard i think and picard you could tell like uh, patrick stewart is like moving slightly away from him because he's just screaming in his face (laughs) i'm the one who should go back captain it's the only way we could do it I scream every line I ever say because I'm a character. I'm looking at my waveforms and it's crazy loud. So <laughs> that's, that's good. Fine. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the last episode of the Western Collection. I wanted to go ahead and get out in front and say that our next collection of episodes, which should be up on our Twitter, which is M- at M Class Podcast by now, by the time this episode comes out, is. Uh-huh. The three-peat collection for Rich Masters. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Well, okay, so what's the three... uh, Honestly, I haven't even seen this. It's the third collection he has suggested that has won the vote is the Any Universe But This One collection. Okay, okay. Which is very apropos since the world is on fire in many different ways now. Literally. Uh, literally, fuck the police. Um, yep. Our, uh, My cat's puking. I hope you can hear the cat throwing up. at this moment. Hopefully it makes it into the audio, though. I, it's just, I can't wait to have to clean that up in two hours. That'll be great. <laughs> at least it'll be dry by then. <laughs> Maybe. Sometimes it gets like... It, it gets... Anyway. <laughs> uh, this episode 
was um, directed by Les Landau, who um, is an extremely prolific Star Trek writer, director, and producer. He worked on every series of the Rick Berman era of Star Trek. Les Landau, brother to Martin Landau. I don't know if that's true. It's true now. Canon to the show. Don't think it is. He also worked on Dark Angel. Remember that Jessica Alba vehicle? (laughs) Vehicle? We're in the business. (laughs) He also co-produced TJ Hooker, starring William Shatner. You you get the top, I'll get the bottom. Speaking of uh, Sandra Bullock, we weren't recording when we were talking about Sandra Bullock, but he did the the TV series, which I think we all remember. I do. Didn't even know that <gasps> existed. <laughs> he did. He did Mantis. He did fucking Mantis. Oh, dude, Mantis, a classic. Right beside Manimal is the greatest TV shows of Mantis all time. Mantis was great. Uh, Les Landau, who um, is incredibly prolific, done a lot of episodes. Uh, a little bit of a red flag right out the gate is mm. that he was the replacement director on Code of Honor after Russ Mayberry left because hey. That episode's pretty fucking racist. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) So, not a great start for this man. Yeah, I mean, I... He did Mantis, though. I know, it's true. (laughs) He did a lot of great episodes, though. Encounter at Farpoint, Data Lore, uh, The Neutral Zone, Deja Q... Uh, Deja Q's Time Zero Part 1 and 2. <laughs> he did oh, it. we should watch those. He did Ensign Row and Unification, which are two great episodes. Ensign Row, yeah. Uh, he does not look like Martin Landau, confusingly. I don't understand what that's about. Yeah, he's, his name is Landau. Why doesn't he look like Martin Landau? I, I imagine everyone with that name looks exactly like him. Uh, we've talked about this guy before. This episode was written by Joe Minoski. Yeah, yeah. Who is also incredibly prolific with 57 writing credits across TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, what episode of Dis- I don't know Discovery episode names. Lathe. Okay. What's that one? I don't, I don't care. know that one. Uh, <laughs> he did 36 episodes of Voyager, though. So this di- He also wrote Holy Mass. I, I, I run across that by accident every episode he also, he also wrote, wrote masks. masks so i hate him <laughs> uh, he wrote first contact that's what he also four other people wrote that so <laughs> i wanted to point out my fun fact of the week my john larroquette branded fun fact of the week this episode how interesting <laughs> we need to make our own sounds we do oh how interesting. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? What you got in that trunk, baby? <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> this episode was, uh, the teleplay was written by Jerry Taylor, who yes. uh, has been a producer and a contributor to Star Trek since uh, TNG. And... Um, it is interesting to note that she is the mother of guest star and recurring Star Trek Voyager actor Alexander Enberg, who you might know as that Vulcan from Voyager who got a fuck. Is he the 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 nerdy one? 
Um, he's he's the he's the Vulcan in Lower Decks, the Vulcan in yeah. Voyager, and he is the uh, reporter in this who's following uh, Samuel right. Clemens around in two scenes, like writing down what he's saying. Yeah, so that character in this episode, the reporter, he's in it f- weirdly for like two scenes, two or three yeah. scenes. Yeah, he just appears and disappears as is necessary. And it's kind of charming because you get to kind of feel that like Samuel Clemens is is like telling him a story, right? Like even yeah. though Samuel Clemens like thinks like like he's he's telling the truth, like he's like I know there's people from the future here, and the reporter is like, oh, is this like a sequel to Connecticut Yankee? You know, and like and like Clemens is just like, I'll give you the story of your career, boy. <laughs> and you're like, he's just like, okay. And he's like, all right, thanks, Mister Clemens. Like. But like, why now? Now I know why that guy is in this episode so yeah. much. It's it's a weird like C plot. <laughs> like, also, very strangely, uh, like he's the guy calls Samuel Clemens Mark Twain. Yeah, and he says, "My name's Samuel Clemens." But Clemens like, boy, yeah. He he chose the name Mark Twain for himself. That's not like a. <laughs> It's yeah, not like something I think, anyone else gave him. I think it's for the ding dongs. I think it's for the dummies at home who don't know. You're probably right. They're like, wait, I thought Mark Twain was Mark Twain, and they don't—they didn't learn in school that it was a pen name. So uh, Jerry Taylor is um, she. She loves nepotism. She puts her son in everything. Yeah. So I looked up this this dude's career on IMDb, and I did a little backtracing because I was so interested when I started finding these connective <laughs> issues. That, Six uh, degrees of Jerry Taylor. Alexander Enberg has never worked on a production that Jerry Taylor wasn't involved in, at least tangentially, ever. L- look, his mom comes to lunch at school and sits with him, all right? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Still, she writes to this a, day, he's like 50. <laughs> she writes a note on his napkin every day. Uh, Jerry Taylor was uh, nominated for an Emmy Award. Uh, I don't know really? for what. Probably for making such a great actor son, I imagine. That's probably what it was. I think they give you the award for for that. There's one of them for that. Great actor son Emmy. Also, like you can trace how bad movies get. Like how yeah. bad like small productions get by following Alexander Emberg's career, because he's yeah. in like a lot of like TV movies, and then like suddenly he's in like fucking Sharknado Eight or something. <laughs> like it gets really yeah. bad. He wants to act, and he's got to work, so he's got to do Sharknado Eight. He's got to work for his mom, because that's the only way he's getting a fucking job. Jerry Taylor produces Sharknado Eight, <laughs> so his her son is in it. Uh, As the Sharknado. uh, For those who didn't listen to our last episode, which I really don't know why you would do that. That would be stupid. It is a part one and part two. Yeah, what's wrong with you? (laughs) They found Data's head in the cave, and they were like, what? And then they found some crazy aliens, and they were like, huh? And then they went back, and Data went back in time. Yeah, and then at the end of the episode, they all go back in time. Yeah, and and it's super not dramatic, but it kind of is. is there. <laughs> yeah, Mark Twain. It's Clemens, boy. I chose that name for myself, but fuck you for calling me it. 
Uh, Mark Twain's got nothing to do but fuck up people's business, yeah, man. He's the villain in this episode. Yeah, no, he, he. It's kind of funny they make him like kind of a bad guy, right? Because he's sort of a dickhead. Yeah, he's a genuine cock to everybody in this episode. Like he's not nice to anyone, not even once. He's sticking his nose in other people's future business, and it's it's he's not ready for that jelly. No. He don't know what's going on. He's also dressed like Colonel Sanders, which I guess was yeah. accurate to how he dressed. He did. He did. I think Colonel Sanders is dressed like him, That's right? Well, true. they're they're dressed. He's they're dressed like Southern plantation owners. Really, is what they're fucking dressed as. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little it's, questionable, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, I guess, I, look, I guess Southern Plantation owners ruined that outfit. Like, like they just wore that shit because they were rich white it's people, true. right? I'm and gonna, that outfit didn't, they just ruined it because they're assholes. I'm going to take a pot shot at people who pay us money real quick. Cause I, love, okay. I love our patrons to death, but there was a period of time, I don't know if they still believe it, where they were like the boater hat that like vaudeville stars wore and like silent movie stars wore, like the flat straw hat. Yeah. They were like, yeah, that's a plantation owner's hat. And I was like... Uh, it's a hat. I was like, no. Like, that was like a Yankee hat. Like, if you wore that in the South, they would shoot your fucking head off. Like, Yeah. And no one believed me, even when I showed them proof. Yeah. It was very strange. It's... Anyway. Fuck, fuck those hats. I love those hats. <laughs> Jeff has a closet full of those hats. I don't... The only hats I own are beanies. I don't... Like, I got nothing else. So when you lose your hair, you you get, like, super into hats. Because, like, that becomes your hair now, right? Yeah, so it's, like, I, it's cooler than most people's hair to have a cool hat. I like to do the beanie, just the, the rock, like, almost like, uh, like... Rasta beanie, sort of, where it just kind of hangs off the oh, back yeah, like of your the head. Big beanie. With yeah, the, like the dangly beanie. Not like, not like, like the real ones are super big, right? Yeah. I just like to do a regular beanie and just kind of like, like, put it back on my head a little bit, because it gets hot. Cause, yeah, it does. You know, I do the Legend of Zelda with beanies, where I just What's I the... have it like slid back a little bit, and then I have my one tuft of hair sticking out the front. Oh yeah, that's classic look. And then I uh, break pots because Zelda. Am I right, guys? Am yeah, I? Yeah, there's right? rupees in them. I fucking love rupees. <laughs> and so then you talk to the ghost guy. <laughs> <laughs> the the king, King Hyrule. No, the the Poe guy. Oh, Poe. Yeah. You yeah, sell the, the Poe's to him. What was that fucking person's deal? He was the guard in the when you go. I want to buy ghosts. There. I'm Samuel cursed. Clemens. <laughs> Oh my god, it is. So Give me all your pose. Back in the past days, old Sam Clemens, aka Mark Twain for the dummies at home, is uh <laughs> he's telling the young reporter about all the things that have happened in the last episode so that you can catch up. Because we're the reporter. I guess he serves that purpose too yeah. as a recap. And he's like, I think there are people from the future right here in San Francisco. And instead of rightfully thinking this old man has lost his mind, right? the reporter is like, oh, you must be talking about a story, right? And Mark Twain at least has enough common sense to be like... To not say yeah. no. Yeah, he kind of... 
he kind of just goes with it's kind of charming like it it's you could see where like maybe Samuel Clemens would have been like that like I don't know a whole lot about Mark Twain and shit but maybe he's like you know prone to flights of fancy and and fucking mm. with people you know what i mean like he's prone to maybe. just be like hey, i've got a good story to tell you and like you don't know like if he's like making it up or if it's real you know that was a mark twain thing i I, yeah i want to point out again i think i mentioned it last episode uh there is an entire like industry built around people who do mark twain impressions and there has been since he died but they hired the smoking man from X <laughs> no, who cannot do not the oh, smoky man throat. deep deep throat yeah, deep throat they yeah. hired deep throat from X Files who can't do a fucking impression to save his life <laughs> to play this character like I'm on the other side of this I love him my, I love like, this I find him hilarious but I love it I think it's great like Crystal my wife is like uh, she loves Mark Twain and she's like every time I mention this episode she's like oh what that fucking terrible Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I think he should be. I don't. This guy's probably dead by now. He's he's pretty I don't old. Oh man, people live to be weird ages these days. <laughs> Sixty nine, dude. <laughs> That's a sex number. Yeah, it's the four twenty number. The weird thing is, I think by this point, it's it's like season six at this point. Yeah, yeah, they've worked with J.G. Hertzler at this point, who plays Martok right. in Deep Space Nine. He is a literal, official, like licensed Mark Twain impersonator. Yeah, and they did not know. ask him to be on this episode. We, well, we don't. Do we know that they could? Maybe he. Maybe he was busy. He was busy running for office as Mark Twain, even he, back then. He might have been on Deep Space Nine at this. Uh, maybe not so much, but. Maybe he was... Who knows? I think Deep Space Nine started, like, near the beginning of Season 7, right? Yeah, yeah. It, 93, so it would have been this season it started. So this this episode would have been the same as DS9 starting. Yeah. Also, like, Martok doesn't show up for a couple seasons. Yeah, he's not there until, like, sucks, because I love Martok. Yeah, he's great. He's in the game. He's in STO. You can hang out with him. Oh, can, we, can I be his best friend, though, is the question. Uh yeah, well, I mean I'm down- re-downloading it now. The end game of that game is wear pretty clothes and hang out with Martog. I don't think I'm smart enough for Star Trek Online. I feel that way about some games where like it's I was in curve. I was in like the thirtieth sub menu of something and I was like I oh, don't yeah, even no. know how to get out of this. I don't know. <laughs> it it takes a while. The menus in that game are out of fucking control. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a lot of menus. It's uh the game could use some streamlining, but I feel like that might piss off a lot of like die It's the charm. Fans. It's the charm of the game. Yeah. It's goofy. So, it's like a goofy game. It's like, great. I don't want the game to change for me. I I just want to be smart enough for the game, which I don't think is going to happen for me. Um, <laughs> but uh when when Mark Twain gets done uh being a complete psychopath to this uh boy detective Right, uh, not a boy detective. He's a reporter, a boy reporter. Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Um, they see he sees data coming out of a building, and he like follows him like dent 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 dent. 
Yeah, it's like real fucking like, ah, Mr. Data's here, now I'm gonna go follow it. It's now like, this dude has him. fucking no plan. He's just no. snooping, fucking hard ass snooping. And we see the dapper couple with the uh, snakehead oh, walking yeah. stick who are actually aliens from the future. And the woman who looks so incredibly Victorian. It's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I like she it. is, like, they saw her and they were like, you're it. You're in. You've never uh, watched Stargate. You've watched Stargate the movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they're they like Gwa'uld. They're like the fucking ancient aliens. They even talk yeah. in the same voice. Like, you don't know what you've done. Yeah. Fuck. That movie's great. It's a great flick. <laughs> the show's actually... SG-1's really good. I keep hearing this. I've never... Uh, I've it, never... It can also be really it. bad. But, I mean... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the worst perpetrator of that is, like... In, in maybe the last episode, I was hyping up Babylon 5, like, because the main character gave this cool speech. And mm. right after we recorded that episode, I went and sat on the couch and turned on uh, Comet, the sci-fi B channel. Yeah. And they were playing Babylon 5, and it was an episode where Jack the Ripper was chosen by aliens to be their emissary and kidnapped from Earth. Oh, my God. And he, that he show was is in great. the future. <laughs> That show is so amazing. And then a day later, I was watching it again, and a guy shows up who thinks he's King Arthur. <laughs> that show was just like, we want to be like Star Trek, but also we're like Doctor Who. <laughs> what the fuck is happening on that show? happens. Yeah. Also, this uh, dude shows up who is literally like a Mary Sue. Yeah, he shows yeah. up. He's he's like got he's. You may have seen pictures. Was it Larry Lou? Is the boy one right? Gary Stew. Gary Stew. That Larry Lou. He's got like a like a black goatee and long black hair, and he's like the greatest fighter, the greatest tactician, the greatest wow. diplomat. He's like super secretive, dark hero. It's the goatee. That's what does it. And I was just, like, every time he's on screen, I'm like, can somebody else be on screen now, please? Yeah, that's kind of how that show is. You're kind of like, can we go to the next thing now? Yeah. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that whenever I think of Jack the Ripper, I think of the guy from Last Action Hero who plays Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I always think of From Hell every time I think of Jack oh, the Ripper. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> they shove Jack the Ripper in everything, though. If ever, people are fascinated because they don't know who he was, or maybe it was a she, right? There's yeah, like knows? all kinds of crazy fucking. He didn't. Whoever it was did not care for ladies of the night. That's that's no. for sure. We know. Or that. maybe he did a little too much, right? I guess. Who knows? Yeah, we don't really know. No one knows. Um, back maybe in the it future. was Samuel Clemens. <laughs> he got knocked around through time a little bit and killed a bunch of prostitutes. Came back. Well, I guess I'll fucking kill some hookers today. <laughs> what else am I gonna do with my life? You know, fuck it. Am I right? And nobody's near him. He's just talking to himself <laughs> in his apartment alone. Uh, back in the um, back in. Actually, it's still the past. Like, our heroes are there, and they're already dressed up in period dress. Yeah, so they don't go to, like... They don't. They just have to steal these clothes, or they gotta... Yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> they just stole them. 
find him someplace. Like, Riker yeah. stole a policeman's outfit as well, which is really funny. That like he yeah. They were like, we need to get some clothes, and he was like, I know just where to steal. <laughs> I'm gonna be a policeman. And uh, <laughs> Crush like Crusher has like her like Victorian lady outfit that she wears in the holodeck as like her thing. Although yeah. she switches to a really funny period nurse with like glasses slid <laughs> yeah. down, all cartoony later that I really like. Not sexy nurse. <laughs> she pulls it off. Um, I mean, she's she's beautiful, but that outfit I would classify that as a not sexy. No, you know, the Halloween is, costumes are. That is the yeah. regular nurse outfit that you have to yeah. dig through the sexy nurse outfits to find. To, to find and like yeah, like you said, the cartoony fucking glasses. It's like, all right, like we're really pouring it on. It's, but hey, it she pulls on. Um, and uh, <laughs> Troy has this like goth kind of outfit on that like she really yeah. works it works really she, well for her she kind of looks like a vampire really like every time they put marina Sirtis in some like period stuff it like really works for her yeah and uh picard like you could tell like patrick stewart was like i'm not wearing some dumb costume just give me like the, a regular outfit <laughs> they probably wanted to put him in some kind of fucking outfit right and he was like yeah. look i'm gonna wear a hat and a shirt <laughs> <laughs> They're like, please just wear the vest, Patrick. And he's like, fine. He's like, he's like fine. I'm getting this goofy ass vest. I'll wear the stupid fucking vest. Even like, <laughs> Jordy is wearing like a coat and tails with a cravat. And yeah. Shit. Like everybody yeah. else is super dressed up. Proper. The props department was like, we're using this shit. And Patrick Stewart was like, look, I got like my gardening outfit at home. I'll just bring it with. <laughs> I love their cover is that they're like a troop of actors. It's very it's funny. meta and funny. It's super meta because like they're acting like they're actors. It's great. It's great. Uh, I love it. But like they're in a morgue just chilling. Oh and, yeah. Like that's where they're keeping all the cholera victims of the time. And Crusher's like, well, I don't understand why this many people are dying from it. Like it's not super virulent. It's not like a really like passable virus. Right. And she finds out that they're not dead from cholera, thanks to the magic of medical tricorder. They're d- dead from triolic waves. Yeah, they're dead from having their brain juices sucked out. They got vampired from a snake cane. <laughs> she knows that because the medical tricorder told her. <laughs> it's like, it's just a little picture of the snake comes up. It doesn't, but it'll be funny. It just flashes, like, uh, calculator letters on it and says, snake cane. <laughs> And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> My 50 years of med school have trained me to know that that means snake cane. <laughs> Gotta find it. So they figured out that the aliens are using cholera as a cover. A cover, right. right. And they even postulate that maybe they're using different plagues at different times in history to do this. Great. It's not just the one. Great plan, guys. I guess they're here now, Yeah, they're huh? definitely here now, is what I was thinking. <laughs> cool. Fucking shitty Davidians. Freaking Davidians. They're butthole faces. <laughs> Damn, dude. I know. It's a little... Wrecked. It's a little, it's a little fucked up. But you know what? They eat our brain juice. Yeah, so. they're kind of assholes. Fuck them. They've run an apartment. The heroes of the Enterprise have run an apartment. And, uh... <laughs> Refuse to pay their rent. No, they are uh, louses 
who only leech off this old Irish lady. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> kind of do what you gotta do. But they're like briefing each other on what they've learned, and uh, I love that uh, Jordy LaForge, our our great scientific hero, is like, "I'll make an alien alarm system." <laughs> yeah. If they Scooby do this shit, they're fucking Scooby fucking doing. <laughs> they're hard. definitely like Scooby ganging as well because they yeah. never leave each other. They're always right. Together. They're always together and like they're dressed up. They're they're pulling they're pulling pranks. Right. They're like until Picard we'll put it in the light bulb. <laughs> until Picard's like let's split up, gang, and they go to the morgue. But after that, they stick together. Um. <laughs> But a knock on the door and an old fucking lady Irish voice is like, Mr. Pickard! Mr. Pickard! Pickard. Yeah. And they're landlady. Carmichael. Yeah, they're landlady, Mrs. Carmichael. She's like, it's one o'clock on Thursday, and the rent was due at one o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> Won't they just give her one of her one of their badges? Like, like cut a piece of that gold off that badge, dude. You don't need that shit. Why don't they just play cards and win using their right? robot brains? Yeah, why don't they just, like, I don't know, like, invest in the stock market? Oh, I guess you have to have money. It's true. You gotta, oh, you could buy on margin. You could buy on margin at this point in time. You gotta have money to make money, baby. Yeah. So we want to buy more. on margin. <laughs> uh... But Picard is like clever about it. He's like, you know, we're a theater troupe, and we're rehearsing for an upcoming play, so we'll have like a ton of money soon. Yeah, because we played in Milan, Paris, France, London, all the places that people know about from this time. I love that on TV, like you can be like, yeah, we're uh, we're a theater troupe, and we're you know rehearsing for our upcoming play, and somebody's like, what play? And you're like, oh, oh shit, I, two <laughs> questions. A Midsummer Night's Dream, and they're like, okay, the way you said that wasn't weird or suspicious at all. <laughs> Maybe they just want to keep it a secret. Like that's what you should be like. It's yeah. a surprise. Can't tell you. Because she does not buy any of it anyway. She's like, you, I better have my rent tomorrow at one or you'll be out performing on the street. Yeah, and then Picard does like a super comical sigh where he's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> These ancient humans were fucking rough. They're pissed about the rent. Like, where he's from, there's no rent. Like, rent? That would have been a great gag if, like, after she left, Picard looked around and went, what is rent anyway? <laughs> rent. I've never heard We're not of performing it. Rent. We're doing Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> rent hasn't even been made yet. What are you talking yeah, how about? How does she know about Rent? <laughs> you know, speaking of the crushing debt of Rent, I think it's a good time to take a break and hear a message from our sponsors. Oh, yeah, that definitely pay us. <laughs> I wish. We'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Sears gives your casual wardrobe a fresh spring look with this week's wardrobe essential sale. First denim jeans, now just $9.99. So comfortable they feel as good as they fit. And you save $4. Add a lively spring shirt for just $5.99. Easy care and you save $3. Shirts in assorted solids and prints. These wardrobe essentials are on sale through Saturday. For super savings like these, you can count on Sears. Back to the show. 
Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you bought that good or service. Yeah, it's probably Legos or something. I don't fucking know. Somebody sent us, I think uh, Mr. Fuckaroo Magoo sent us yeah, yeah. a Marvel uh, Secret Wars action figures commercial that I really liked. We'll have to use that Oh, that's eventually. cool. Fuck yeah, dude. I have to go back through our things and find it, but it was really fun. It was like, fight against the forces of evil in outer space. <laughs> so 90s. So, uh, now that our heroes are on the hook for, I don't know, like $2 rent or something, I don't even know. <laughs> like 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, we skip over to the Hotel Brian, which is such a great name for a hotel, I think. I'm assuming it's a real, or it was a real hotel, I'm Probably. assuming. Probably fell over in the earthquake, and they referenced the earthquake later, which is really cool. There haven't for been all any you. earthquakes in here for 40 years. Wait till 1906, buttholes, yeah. you're all fucked. 100,000 people die. Shit is not gonna work out for you guys. Should have changed the it light bulb, be bitch. <laughs> uh, the bellboy that we met in the previous episode, Jack... Uh, wink, wink. Let's yeah, uh, Jack. Let's Samuel Clemens into Data's room because like Mark Twain is outright lying to people at this point. He's like, oh, I'm looking for the letter of intent so we can go into business together. Yeah, we're gonna make a. We're doing his inventions, and then Jack is like, Oh, like you mean his horseless carriage thing? And he's like, Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's like, Exactly. <laughs> Before we get into the any of the plot, we have this whole back and forth that I feel like lasts a little bit too long, but maybe that's just me, where he's like, you yeah. should write my story, we can go into business right. together, and he's right. like, you should write your own story, I've been thinking about going to Alaska, you should go to Alaska, Right. wink wink nudge it's nudge. Slow uh, reveal that it's Jack London, yeah, writer of books that I hate, by the way. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been too into Jack London either, to be honest. I read one of one of them, one of the ones about the dogs. I read one of them, and I was like, oh, man, this is everything I hate. Snowy shit, dark, lonely. It was just like, oh, my God. So I'm not a huge Jack London fan. Unfortunately, the, the Vradians don't kill him before he gets to write those terrible books. <laughs> Take that, Jack London. Jack London, more like Hack London, am I right? Hack Blunden. Oh, you fucking got him, dude. He's rolling over in his grave and his erect penis is shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've only read the Wild. I will say that. Yeah, Call the. it was Call of the Wild, I've I I've never read White Fang or anything. I've only read yeah. Call of the Wild. There's like two or three about dogs, and it's like, yeah, we get it. Like dogs are cool. I love dogs, I but love dogs. I'm not trying to read. Call this call the wild the one where they they're the the mush team. What are they called? It's uh, it's the dog sled. Dog yeah. sleds. It's a race, right? There's like that race. Uh, it's the one where the wild calls. I think. I think that's the one. Yeah. It's I haven't dumb. read that book since I was fucking like twelve. Like. <laughs> yeah, they make you read a bunch of like books at that age that are like considered good but like for 12 year olds it's like there's so many better things that you yeah. want to read about or like even think about right like sometimes they'll give you a book that like you have to read that like you get really into because not yeah. everybody likes the same stuff you know not right everybody. right 
I feel like they give you enough of a breadth of stories that like you're gonna like at least some of them. Some of it, yeah. Uh, if you like stories by old dead white guys, we got fucking a lot of them. Yeah, here's a book from an old dead white guy about how he went to Alaska in the 1800s, late 1800s, and it was real fucking boring. Uh, and there were dogs. I think, I think around the same time, maybe I was a little younger, they gave us like Huckleberry Finn, and I really liked yeah. that book. Yeah, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer were, were good. Yeah. Uh, like, we talked about this last time, I think, where I talked about yeah. how I like Tom Sawyer better as a character, but Huckleberry Finn's a better book. It's a better book, yeah. You know, I think I talked about this as well, but, like, Tom Sawyer becomes, like, a detective when he's older. Yeah, he's, like, a... He he kind of... What, what made me like it, and I know that this is because, like, this is on purpose, like, Indiana Jones is kind of like Tom Sawyer, right? Like, yeah. He's kind... Like, young Indiana Jones is, like, yeah, he's like, like a Tom, Tom Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah, like Tom yeah. Sawyer, Huck Finn type character. Right, and that's why I, I like that, because I could see the, that parallel where I would be like, oh, I, I get where we're going with this, right? Like, I like Indiana Jones, fuck yeah. Like, Tom <laughs> Sawyer is in uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen <laughs> as the detective. He, he's like... He's the American detective, is what they call him most often. Or, or just is he a Tom. werewolf or something? No, he's just, like, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is just literary characters. That's right. That's the movie that made uh, Sean Connery quit. Yeah, he <laughs> right? was fucking done after that one, baby. Yeah, well, he was super old. It's it's strange that, like, that movie plays that character perfectly straight, like Alan Quartermain. Because uh-huh. Alan Quartermain is straight up like, I'm colonial man. I'm here yeah. to colonize. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they had enough sense, I guess, to be like, let's, let's go ahead and downplay that <laughs> a little bit. Let's not. Let's not. Because in, in the comics, he's the right royal fucking piece of shit for the most yeah, part. But yeah. so is everybody else, so it works out. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, back to the actual story. Oh no! I was that was like talking about Tom Sawyer was purposeful because Mark Twain is in this. So let me finish my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Sawyer is a character. I find this really fucking interesting. Uh, Mark Twain did books about him like every so often throughout his career, near the like the first half of his career, because for like they were parodies of whatever was popular at the time. Right. So like Tom Sawyer is a parody of like the little good boy. On his like, oh, good yeah. boy adventure, because Tom Sawyer's a little prick who gets into nothing but trouble. Yeah. And the detective story was like uh, sort of a parody of like the locked room genteel mysteries. Of yeah, who who done it? Yeah. So I find that really fun and interesting that he was just like, I'm going to use this character to just make fun of shit. <laughs> That's probably why. I mean, it's so so american american now now we're a literature podcast it's so yeah. american though like like think about like star wars was kind of like a, a knockoff of like all all like like science fiction fantasy oh, right yeah. and, and, like, and indiana jones was a knockoff of uh, old serials right that were yeah. like from the 30s and shit and it and those are super popular we're very much like a parody society americans yeah. like love parody it's yeah. why like Star Wars was so popular, and suddenly we have, like, space balls. Right. And that's, like, yeah. It's We love to parody and take the piss out of stuff. It's, it's yep. the purpose of this podcast is half taking the piss out of the first right. parts of Star Trek as well. Right. 
We're just we're just in the partying, bro. That's right, bro. <laughs> partying and fucking a lot of other shit we're not gonna get into. Yeah, fuck. It's smoking cigars and shit. Smoking cigars, <laughs> traveling through time, and fucking up a plot. I'm trying to hit on Deanna Troy. <laughs> he really does want to get down and dirty with an yeah, he's space ready, alien. He's ready to to bang. His. 70-year-old erect penis on uh, Viagra. Uh, they didn't even have that then. He's not, his wiener's not going to work. Maybe it's worth giving up cigars for this blue dick pill. <laughs> uh, but pretty much he tells Jack London to fuck off, slams the door in his face. and Yeah, he locks the door and he's like, okay, time to snoop real good. <laughs> he, he goes over to Data's device on his desk and he starts, like, poking it with his cigar, because that's yeah. what you do to test out science equipment. I mean, there's, like, a literal fucking laser touching. It's, like, on, right? Like, yeah. it's not... It's, like, on. And, it, like, that dude's mind would fucking explode. Like, I mean, he would just look, a laser? He, he would, like, yeah, like, what is that to him? Does he yeah, think like, it's just light refracting? Because technically it is, but not in the way you think. Yeah, I mean, it would it would probably make him be like, whoa, right? Yeah. Like, because if I saw a laser now, I know what one is. I would be like, whoa, a laser. Cool <laughs> right? as hell. But, like, this dude doesn't know what that shit is. Light bulbs aren't even really a thing yet. I mean, they are, but. He doesn't give a shit either. He just pokes it with his cigar. He's like, I doesn't know. What he is this? Poke, poke. Yep. You could light a cigar on it, maybe. <laughs> but he just takes a piece of it off. And it stops, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> Data comes comes through the front door, and he, like, very slowly, like, hops across the room. Yeah. He, he's he's kind of, like, awkward as fuck. Yeah. He, he, like, he runs in slow motion like a very, very old person does, which was, I'm sure, purposeful. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be, like, old as fuck at this point. I don't know how old Mark Twain was in 1893. I don't know either. I'm fairly certain that the guy playing him doesn't know either. Like, they were just like, <laughs> he's working on the X-Files next door. Can we bring him over? <laughs> and he was like, Mark who? All right. <laughs> I'm going to do this voice. Is that okay? That's what he sounded like, I guess. It's fine. <laughs> Okay, so he was born in 1835. And it's 1893. So he's 62? Yeah. So that's old as hell for this time period. Is that right? Did I do that right? I don't know. I'm not going to attempt to do math in front of everybody. I'm doing a so. calculator. 1893 minus 1835. Mm -hmm. 58, I was 58. close. 50, so he's, eh, it's pretty old for, for that time. It's true. I mean, I'm sure there were, like, people at home who were good at math off the top of their head who were like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I'm not... Uh, I, I'm didn't, I didn't bother, because I would have gotten it far yeah. more incorrect. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I was an English student boy. I knew, that's why I know yeah. Call of the Wild and shit, I guess. History. I was a history boy, so I didn't really need to... I don't do math. <laughs> no. I was I was mostly a recess kid, I think. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, you fucking kickball. Uh Data and Guinan come in and uh they're talking about how like they can't past Guinan. Yeah, past Guinan, not Pinan. And they're talking about how who's like really 
she's going with the flow here in a way that I really enjoy. <laughs> it's kind of cool because I, I guess she would, right? Like she yeah. would just be like, "Yeah, space, whatever, fucking time travel." Time travel, <laughs> yeah, I know that. That's fine. Yeah, sure, whatever. But they can't get into the cavern where Data's head was found in the future because uh, the only entrance is on an army base. And they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do, you know? Right. And Data's just like, uh, talk them into it. Yeah. <laughs> just convince the army to let you into this mine shaft. <laughs> She's like... <sighs> <laughs> He really won't take no for an answer here. Yeah. And she's like, fine, I'll try. And they finally notice that the machine is off. Right. And Data's like, oh no, the, um, what was it? The transceiver has been removed. So now sure. it can't track the time shifts. Right. And she's like, it has to be fucking Clemens, that Clemens. piece of shit. That dastardly villain, Samuel <laughs> Clemens. I'm sure there were a lot of like hardcore Mark Twain fans that were watching this. Like, why did they make him the villain? What is this? It's kind of it's kind of cool because like I mean he does in the first episode he overhears them talking about space and shit, so it piques his interest. It's kind of I guess it's like their fault right for not sort being of. more discreet about it. But he makes a leap in logic, which is like. Evil Knievel would have had trouble with that fucking jump, where he's like, "They're talking about space. They're invaders. They're from invaders. The future. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna ruin our society with their technology, and it's like just like the just like the guy in my story, because everything I do is right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> chewing my cat away. Get out of here. That's fine. Don't throw up again. Get out of here. That was the other one. Oh, I forgot we both have two cats. Gross. Yeah. Um, Ew. Gross. Uh, but like Data's like, oh no, he I I wish some he would have asked me about that transceiver because it's actually toxic to human skin. Yeah, it's like it deadly. Just, <laughs> he just fucking drops it in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. They go and open the door, and he's like wiping his hands off with of the cloth. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll fucking do it. <laughs> And he's like, he's like sort of like chastised a little bit. He's like sort of like, oh no, I got caught for like one second. And then he suddenly gets real mad and he's like, you should be ashamed. Yeah, he starts his like old man ramblings about technology and all this shit. And he's like, technology is bad. (laughs) That's the only technology for me. He uh, he's talking about like you know this guy at the uh, Sayers office, and Data's like, uh, who? Yeah, he's like, I don't know who that is. He's like, you've talked to him a lot. I looked into it, and he's like, yeah, I know a lot of people in that. It's very yeah, like he thinks he's got him, but it's like yeah, whatever. He's like, I'm a. He's like, I like geology. <laughs> he's like, he's like what like, is? What is all this for? What is this machine? And he's like, and Tato's like, oh, it is my my new uh, idea for a horseless carriage. Yeah, and he's like, bullshit! <laughs> bullshit, you crazy ice man from across the mountain! <laughs> Clearly, you're an ice man. I can't do Samuel Clemens. It slowly becomes Skeletor the longer I do <laughs> It does. I like. I like that though. I, I fuck you, He Man. He Man. Fuck you, He Man. 
<laughs> um, but like Guidance, like, look, uh, Data's business is his own, and you need to butt out. Yeah, get a life. Get a life, you nerd. Go back to your mom's basement, Mark Twain. Yeah, if that is your real name. <laughs> but he's like, it's the, it's my business and the business of all humanity. Yeah. He yeah. man. He man. <laughs> Data man. Ice man. <laughs> Ice man. Uh, but he he just fucks off. He's like, I'm going to. Everybody's gonna know the truth about you, Ice Man. And he leaves. Yeah, he doesn't even really question about the toxic thing. He's no. just sort of like, I guess I'll be fine. <laughs> it's future technology. It's gotta be okay, right? It's what could go wrong. Uh, they fo- <laughs> our heroes from the Enterprise. Uh, follow a series of clues, I guess. To the- I don't remember how they do this. They kind of just is this when they go to the to the ward, the medical. Yeah, they just sort of appear there. They're just sort of there. I, I, I feel I'm like there's like Jordy's a- machine. It's like alien yeah. tracking machine led them there. Yeah, his uh, PKE meter led them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Picard is like changing the burner in a uh, gas lamp. And the doctor's yeah. like, what are you doing up there? I'm yeah, Samuel no. Clemens. <laughs> I talk like this, too. He's like, what are you doing up there? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm replacing the burner with a safer version in case of an earthquake. And the guy's like, earthquake? Ugh. That's been an earthquake in 30 years. <laughs> These people are crazy. That's how earthquakes work. The, the longer a period of time there isn't one, the less there's going to be one. <laughs> They don't know about tectonic plates and shit at this point. No, they don't. They don't. They're like, the continents have little leggies on the bottom. That's how they get around. (laughs) The spirits in the earth are mad at us. (laughs) But uh, Dr. Crusher's there in her old-timey, old-lady nurse's outfit. And she's uh, checking the patients again. And yeah. uh, LaForge found some more triolic waves, so this seems to be the perfect place to set up tr- set up shop. Let's set the trap here. We're gonna fucking we're gonna snag a ghost. I mean a Davidian. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna find out if this ghost is Old Man Henderson or not. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you Star Treks. You Star Trek said you're meddling Iceman too. <laughs> right, right. Uh but like the device on the gas lamp starts flashing and Crusher's tricorder sort of goes off and she's like, Oh no. I'm by myself now. Everybody else left, you know? She goes, Uh oh <laughs> <laughs> She looks at the camera. Uh oh that's the M classism I've been trying to get started since the beginning. <laughs> she uh, she like activates her combat. She's smart about it in a Star Trek way. Like in any other show, she would have went for them and they would have like shot her with their they would have just snake and they would have just out. yeah sucked her life out yeah. But shot uh, her shot her with the snake. <laughs> yeah, shot her with their snake. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, like, she comes up to the doctor, and she's like, hey, your cane's real interesting. Do you need any help? And they just kind of stare at her. Yeah. And then the lady, like, points the bag at her. <laughs> she's like, yeah. uh-oh. uh-oh. 
And uh, but thankfully Riker and LaForge and Picard come, like come running in and like Jordy grabs the cane and like just sort of pushes the Davidian over. Yeah, he's like, oh god, <laughs> and oh no, my balance. <laughs> But uh, he gets back up to try to attack, and Riker shoots him with a phaser, mm-hmm. and it does nothing. Shit. And then they just dis- disappear. They go, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. And uh, Data's device sort of, like, goes off. It recorded the time shift that happened, and he, like, looks at his time shift, and somehow it tells him where it happened. Yeah, it's, I guess, a compass. I don't know. It's magic future technology. Sure, he just knows. It wrote down, hey, Data, there was a time shift at the medical ward. Better go over there. I would have had it had, like, an old, like, Morse code, like, ticker tape come out. I would have thought that would have been, like, like, super, like, Doc Brown style, you know what I mean? Like, ticker tape tells him where it is. That'd be fucking cool. Um, it's basically like a Geiger counter. Like it's it's yeah. not like a Geiger counter. It, it is, but it's more like a like um when you take the lie detector test, right? And it but it also tells him the location, like a seismograph, right? Yeah, with the like lines. a seismograph. Thank you, Josh, for knowing the words. <laughs> but uh, back in the infirmary, like a cop shows up and he's like, "What are you people doing?" And Riker's like, uh, I thought there, uh, there was a gunshot reported, which is weird, because phasers don't go pachoo! Yeah. <laughs> there was a laser in here. It. What happened? <laughs> but Riker's like, oh, no, I saw it's... some skateboard kids. Like, he's, like, totally out of time. Like, I saw some skateboard kids. Riker's they were talking like, on their walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> Riker's like, ah, oh, no, everything's fine. And he's like, wait, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm from downtown. And he's like, I worked downtown for three years. I don't know who you are, yeah. The breaker should have been like, yeah, I started after you showed up, dude. What is your deal? Yeah, like, he should have been like, I'm new. Yeah. Like Just I, say I'm I'm new, because he is. I started after you left, man. What what the fuck is your problem? Yeah, deal with it. I'm a fucking cop. You don't, like, where do you think I got these cop outfit from? But <laughs> think anyway, I stole it? You think I stole this cop outfit? Who would be so brazen, bold, and handsome to do such a thing like that? <laughs> What kind of master criminal genius could get away with that? <laughs> handsome crime. <laughs> Some crimes are handsome. It's true. It's a handsome crime. Uh, Riker's like, I have the utmost respect for the law, which is a lie, because he does punch him in the face. He doesn't just punch him. He fucking palms him. He, yeah. like, go, he like tries to kill this yeah, dude. Yeah, he puts his nose bone right up into his brain and he runs just away. He wrecks this fucking old-ass man who probably can't run because he's like... An 1893 cop probably drinks more whiskey and smokes more than anybody ever who I've ever known in our time. He definitely can't run now because his nose bone is shoved into his fucking frontal cortex. He's fucking dead. But uh, when they run out, Data shows up in a horse-drawn carriage like, Yeah, he's like, yeehaw, I'm a cowboy. Now it's a Western collection. (laughs) And they get into the they get into the thing and they run off and like the cops chase after them like the Keystone cops for a little bit like yeah and then that that nothing happens (laughs) nothing comes of that the cops never come after them (laughs) like I guess they get away right because they they do but 
you don't know how they, I, they just the they horse was away. too much. It's too much for them. Yeah, they don't. The police department doesn't have horses, so they get a lot. <laughs> right, and they're like, "Shit, maybe we should get some horses. One day, maybe we'll have tanks." Oh, <laughs> that was too real. That was too fucking real. Fuck the police. <laughs> fuck, I like how they fuck, have their little the whistles. Police. Also, yes, fuck. Fuck the police, a cab motherfucker. A cab. The uh, they also don't have any guns, which would be nice, right? Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. LaForge uh, is like, we need to use our gun. <laughs> it's a phaser. Yeah. It's not a gun. To use our gun to uh, approximate the frequency of triolic waves that had been in the cave before, so that we could create like a time distortion. Sure. Why um, not? Uh, they do it and they shoot the the cane and it turns into a snake and it's like yeah and like all this crazy lightning comes out of it and shit and you're like what the yeah. fuck and they're like Jesus and they're like shit this snake is metal as fuck damn it's a cover of fucking ride the lightning coming off that snake <laughs> and they're like those look like tiny distortions in space time of course we all know what that looks like yeah. Well, I mean, if anybody would, it would be somebody from it would the be Enterprise. Them. Yeah, they would. They would know. But Data's like, you know, they have to. They probably have some way of concentrating the distortion, some type of a device. And yeah, like the laser beam bag. Jordy's like, I can probably make that <laughs> with the technology of the fucking Stone Age. Yeah, uh, you don't even know what it is. Yeah, like <laughs> just invent that thing. Okay. I'm just going to invent a timey wobbly wibbly a device <laughs> device blue blue beam device. Yeah, they they're like chilling in their uh, illegal apartment and Data's like I found uh the cavern that my head is in. We just need to get into it. Yeah. Unfortunately, a comedy scene has to happen first. Oh, it's got to get real goofy. It's it's got to get over the top goofy. Mr. Pickard, Mr. Pickard. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fucking what's her name's back? Mrs. Carmichael. Carmichael. Yes. I was like I was going to be like Mrs. Irish name. <laughs> Mrs. McDougal is back. Mrs. McDougal Duff. Oh, O'Reilly Doodle. <laughs> um O'Shaughnessy. But uh they're all reading from Shakespeare. Very not great. I'm, I'm noting, but I guess it's they're hamming. Be on purpose cuz they're, they're hamming hard. Yeah, they're hamming. But uh, she's like, where's my fucking money? And yeah, where's my 50 cents? <laughs> and she's got like a bat. She's like, where's my money? <laughs> but uh, they're like, we're doing this cool play and we need somebody to read a part. And you're super sexy old lady, so you should read it for me, baby. We, yeah, we think you'd be perfect, Mrs. Carmichael. And she she reads it like a fifth grader trying to read Shakespeare. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's so great. She's You're like, in the troop now. Yeah, yeah. And then it cuts to Jordy wearing blind glasses with the book upside down. <laughs> looking like a blind like a blind guy, right? Like blind off, you know. <laughs> and then and then Marina Sirtis fucking flips the book over. Like, how is he reading the lines? <laughs> He's fucking blind. Like, <laughs> You're not doing this very well, folks. <laughs> does, he, does he have a Braille book? Like, what the fuck, dude? But, Was there even Braille in 1893? I, I don't, don't know. Fucking, when did Louis Braille invent Braille? 
I wish everything was that way. Every invention, somebody invented it whose last name was that. Like cotton candy? Oh, that was <laughs> that was Johannes Cotton Candy. Cotton Candy. <laughs> All right, 1824 is when Braille was yeah, invented. Yeah, so Braille existed at this point. I, I assumed Braille existed. I, it, it, it's a 19. I knew it was 19 because Louis Braille and Louis Pasteur. It, remember home movies when they do? Oh uh, yeah, I'm Louis Braille. Lou- I'm Louis Pasteur. Yeah. We are two great men. Louis and Louis. Well, I'm curing disease, helping blind people read. Free. Don't drink that milk without talking to me. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. save you to those who can't see with his eyes. Don't I- mess with me. And we're back from that unscheduled break, and we're talking about uh, Samuel Clemens. And what was up with that dude's D? Am I right? <laughs> I mean, it was probably really gross. Ugh. Ugh. Everybody was really gross at this time. Yeah, like, nobody was were optional at this point. Yeah, nobody was real nice to. The smells probably were oh, pretty, pretty great. Um, Guinan is uh, is like waiting for data, and he shows up, and he's like, she's found a way to get into the mine shaft. She does not uh, expound upon this. <laughs> That's yeah. literally all she says. I found a way in. I don't. So like when you talk about the army part, I was like, I don't remember that because I like there's a ton of the shit where they're just like, and they're in the cave now. <laughs> she literally is just like, I found a way. Don't yeah. ask any more questions. Don't worry about it, audience. Because Picard comes in and they just stare at each other. Yeah. And she's like, do I know you? And he's like, do you know me? And he's like, very well. And she says, do I know you? And he's like, not yet, but you not will. Yet. Yeah, which me- makes me think that they've effed, right? Yeah, like, this whole, their whole yeah. thing in this episode seems very sexual. They've effed. Like, there's no... I, I am a firm believer that they've had sex. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, this is... Su- that, it, it's like... It's like meeting your ex or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very weird. Like, it's awkward. It seems to me that, like, if this show was created later, like, maybe in the 2000s, it would be way worse. But... It would be horrible. Yeah. They would be much more honest about the fact that Picard and Guinan have like a like a buddies relationship, like yeah. as in like the De La Soul version of buddy, <laughs> <laughs> like like F buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like they just would be a little bit more honest about that. Two enlightened people just fucking each other's brains out every now yeah. and then. They Whatever. they reach Nirvana together through porking. <laughs> That's beautiful, Jeff. I'm I'm a poet, really. <laughs> I mean, I know that. I'm the real Samuel Clemens. Uh, <laughs> we we see the reporter again, Jerry Taylor's son. Yeah, who is, he's back. Is talking uh, with um, the police officer who Riker knocked the shit out of. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I, I heard some crazy stuff went on, and and the the reporter's literally lying to him. He's like, there were a dozen of them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they all jumped me. <laughs> but uh, the the reporter meets Samuel Clemens again, and this is when they have the whole conversation where Samuel Clemens sounds like a nut job 
and the reporter yeah. is at least nice enough to pretend like he's talking about a story. Yeah, that, yeah. He's like, I'm gonna break this case wide open, you'll see. And he's like, okay. They've come he's like, when the does future. It... My God, it's an invasion. My God. He's like, oh, when does this book come out, Mr. Clemens? And he's like, I've got to go. I must save the earth. <laughs> I gotta get my gat. Uh, he's like, Xenu is attacking us. <laughs> He's like, I think Xenu's a good guy, right? I don't know. Xenu's the, uh, yeah, I think he, he, to them, he's a good guy. I'm not trying to get offed. I'm not trying to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, I don't want to get fucking, I want to get. Fuck Scientology. Um, (laughs) But he's like, meet me at 4.30 and I'm going to make your career. Yeah. He's like, thanks, Mr. Clemens. (laughs) I'm a great actor. I love it. I didn't know this was uh, Jerry Taylor's kid until I looked it up. I thought he sounds exactly like every like teenage boy main character from every cartoon in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, is this guy like a voice actor mostly? But no, he's just Jerry Taylor's son. Well, it pays to be Jerry Taylor's son, I guess. Apparently. <laughs> but uh, they make it to the cavern underneath the army base somehow. And yeah, they get there. They uh, figure out the triolic waves are so concentrated that it's pretty much the same as on Davidia 2. Fuck, that's crazy bad. It's wild down there. And uh, Jordy sees, like, Crystal in the walls with his uh-huh. with his super-duper super vision. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so it's like the whole cave is like a focusing tunnel. It's like a... It's like a lens, a series of lenses. Yeah, like a like a energy. like a lens and a ley line. You ever, you ever hear about yeah, like, like the a, ley lines? Like a balloon that's filled with too much air. Exactly. <laughs> it's exact. That's the best way I could put it. So they're gonna um, <laughs> they're gonna try and focus the space time distortions using these lenses. This balloon with too much air. Yeah. Uh, using phasers, but they don't know if it's really going to work. But Picard's like, we got to do something. Yeah. And uh, the true hero of the story, Samuel Clemens, comes in with a gun pointed at <laughs> With a six gun. And he's like, I'm going to kill you all, you motherfuckers. You fucking crazy aliens from the future. <laughs> you fucked with the wrong Clemens. I'm the hero in my own story. Now get down and spread them. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez. Everybody fucking run yourselves now. If any of you motherfuckers move, I'll kill every <laughs> last one of you. He's fucking, oh. He points the gun right at their Pulp heads fiction. and says, run the fucking jewels. Run them. <laughs> run the jewels. <laughs> get butt naked now. <laughs> Strip, pussies. But uh, Data's like, we have to finish our mission. And he's like, uh, you better do what I say, because even time travelers are vulnerable to the Cult 45. That's right. He loves it. He's like <laughs> doing an ad for the Cult 45. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, the Davidians just sort of fucking like beam in, like boing, grab yeah, the fucking just... cane. Yeah. But Data double dip dog dares them to fuck with him, grabs that cane, and yep. just throws the dude across the cave. He's like, bye. The uh the cave the um 
Kane explodes for seemingly no reason. It's volatile. It's got nitroglycerin yeah. in it. I don't know. It's an Dynamite. explosive snake it's inside the cane. super volatile. Probably time volatile is not meant to be in the time. Some shit. I don't know. It, it blows up and Data's head is just like, Fwing! Bye. <laughs> yep. It just rolls. <laughs> but uh, the portal to Davidia 2 opens up. Oh, thank God. And the male Davidian, like, just ditches the, He's the like, female one. later. He's like, later, yeah. I don't even fucking know this bitch. He just Later runs. Queen Elizabeth, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, Riker, LaForge, Troy, and Crusher just dive in. Picard yep. tells them to. But, He's uh, like, go, yeah, yeah. Uh, Picard and Guinan are left in the cave. Like, Guinan, like, smashes her head against a rock when she gets thrown back. So she's, she like, gets concussed. She's cussed, for sure. Concussed up. Uh... Back in the 21st century, where we all live, the current times... Yeah, normal time. Uh, Riker is like, is everybody okay? And, and fucking Mark Twain is like, where are we? <laughs> and they're like, god damn it. Like, Mark fucking Twain came through the portal. Riker's like, you're not supposed to be here? They're like, what? what's going to happen when one of the greatest American authors of all time is missing? I think this is maybe a little bit later, but he's like, yeah. thank you. He's like, yeah, I'm great. He's like, fuck yeah. Uh, they tr- they transport back. They're about to transport back, but they realize Data's headless body is laying there. Yeah, so, so there's his body. So they have his body, right, and which is good. Jordy's big idea is I'm going to attach his 500-year-old head yeah. to his body. Why not? And you know what? It ends up working, so... Why not? Just fix his head. Yeah, fuck it, dude. It's 500 years old, man. It's it's the Futurama, right? That's where yeah. they got that from. When they just fucking keep burying Bender and he just comes back. <laughs> Robots never rust or shut down. Yeah, they don't degrade. Nothing... Yeah. I guess he's built fucking real well, right? Yeah. Speaking of that, like, this is a complete tangent, but have you ever watched... I don't know whether it's pronounced Ghibli or Ghibli, but have you ever watched any of those movies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, I'd only watched a few of them when I was younger, so I started watching them recently. And I watched Castle in the Sky for the first time. I haven't seen that one. I want to see that one. That one is so fucking good. It's got, like, the... It's got, like, the, like... I don't know, like the Tom Sawyer style, like little yeah. protagonist, yeah. and yeah, uh, it's all about like a world of flying machines and stuff. It's really fucking good. That's cool. Uh, like a Bioshock uh, Infinite. Uh, sorta. <laughs> but like less. It doesn't have the same aesthetic. It's got like uh, a little bit like of a. It's got a weird aesthetic, really. I don't know how I would describe it. I've got to watch it. I haven't. It's really haven't. great. Um. Anyway, Mark Twain's anyway. in the present, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like, all, all you people, you have your slaves and your fucking, your blue man group. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love when he sees Worf. He just, under his breath, goes, a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing! How could you hate this guy? I love this fucking guy, man. I think I don't hate him. I think he does a terrible impression of Mark Twain, I but love he's funny it. I as hell. It's, if I met real Mark Twain and it didn't act like this, I'd be disappointed. This is so fucking good. I love this. 
I, I don't feel that way about it. I love find it. find him funny. It's the best thing that Star Trek ever did. I'm going out on a limit. Holy <laughs> shit. I, lo- I do love that he's like, you ever run into Haley's Comet? <laughs> like, what the... Yeah, that's the space thing he knows, right? So he just busts it out. Haley's Comet's a thing. They trick him into going to his quarters because they have a lady escort him, a pretty lady. And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to have sex now. <laughs> it's time to get to dust off the old Pekka wood. <laughs> oh, God, he would call it that. Of course he would. Uh, back in the cavern, Guinan wakes up in Picard's arms. And she's like, what are you still doing here? And he's like, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, I had to make sure you were all right. I can't let anything happen to you or else, you know, you we won't be fuck buddies in the future. Yeah, and I'm trying to get screwed, you know? <laughs> She's like, I'll have to wait 500 years to meet you, right? And he's like, yeah, but it'll be worth it. Trust me. Trust me. And he is grabbing her breast this whole time. Yeah, he's squeezing it. <laughs> Like, it's like, whoa. He, he's definitely doing that thing where, like, he's holding her up, but there's only one place to put his hand, and it is mostly on her breast. Yeah. Uh, I think she was dating fucking Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Point. Was she married to Ted Danson? Yeah, I think point? she was married to Ted Danson. Remember yeah. when they did that thing at the awards? Yeah, show? I remember that. I remember that. That was unfortunate. <laughs> Everybody go look that up. Um... <laughs> Sees, I remember when that happened. She sees Data's head, and she's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. It's history fulfilling itself. Oh, so fucking deep, dude. We're going to fulfill each other. <laughs> With jizz. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Tin Ford Riker is Mad Riker, which is always funny. I, I find like, Mad yeah, he's Riker like, funny. He's like, we gotta save Picard. I thought this was cool, because like, he... He's had to watch Data die. He was like really upset with Data being killed like early in the first episode, right? And now Picard's gonna die, and he's like, "Fuck this!" Like it's very good he's of like, him. We, you know what's going to happen. I have to know to save him. Tell me now. Yeah. And she's like, if, "If I tell you, you might make a different decision, and it might change history." You might Riker's, change it. Yeah. Riker's like, "Fuck it!" Throws his arms up in the air and just walks away. <laughs> Which is like he should take it as like a to do whatever he wants, right? Because, like... Well, she doesn't know how time works and as much as she's making it out. As he points out, like, how do you know that in order for the right thing to happen, you don't tell me... Don't tell me, right. ...what happened. Right. Maybe that's the paradox. And she's like, I don't... Yeah. Fucking sucks, man. But he's, he's like, I want... Uh, like Clemens and Troy are walking around and he's like, I want a Havana cigar. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, we can maybe replicate you one. He's like, I don't want a fucking bullshit replicated pussy cigar. <laughs> here's, here's the wild thing about this. He doesn't know what a replicator is. Yeah, He doesn't know. Right. He, I, he just assumes that like it's bad or whatever. And yeah. like, maybe it's like the best fucking cigar ever. It probably is. I mean, I don't know anything about fucking cigars. I don't cigars. know anything about cigars. I, you don't even inhale that shit, so I don't get I know. it. I know. I don't get it either. It's weird. Uh, but he's like, you have to have terrible weapons and military yeah. conquest for a way of life. Yeah, he, yeah. And she's like, is that what you see here? And then she kind of like is like, that's not what we do. We're explorers. And then 
he sees Mott, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mott the bully in, and he, and he goes, <laughs> he, like, laughs. It's <laughs> Which fucking, is very funny. I really it's like fucking that. hilarious. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Space alien, <laughs> and he's like, "You tell that to your blue friend over there." And he's like, "He's a slave she, to your people." Yeah, and she's like, "Everyone is here by choice. Like this is where we're a federation." She explains the federation to him, basically, right? Yeah, he's and, like, "You probably trample all over the poor," and she's like, yeah. "No, poverty was el- eliminated, and so yeah. was racism and prejudice yeah. and inequality and ruthless pursuit of power and wealth." And he goes, "Hmm." <laughs> Maybe it's worth giving up cigars after all, which is like a really cool. It's a fun little yeah nod. It's cool. He becomes a lot less of a dickhead when he goes to the future. (laughs) Yeah, well, he see. Yeah, he sees. You know, he sees what it what it is. I mean, it's he's kind of just an. He's kind of like Tom Sawyer. Right, he's a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a prick energy to him, but he's a good guy deep down. Yeah, he's kind of like Tom Sawyer, where he's kinda, like going on like an us. adventure, kind of like you yeah. and me. <laughs> yeah, he's very similar. Maybe that's why. Yeah, he comes off as a dick because we we see ourselves, right? We Maybe. don't like that. I like Tom Sawyer though. <laughs> yeah, because I'm great. <laughs> But That's they true. they enter the science lab and uh, they also enter a 1990s skater video because it is a fisheye lens during the scene yeah. for some reason. Sure. <laughs> and Data's like all up front with his face like right in the camera, fisheye. It's actually yeah. a fun shot, but it's so out of place in the rest of this episode. It's it's kind of creepy. Kind of like, reminds me of like Frankenstein sort of right. Yeah. A little Frankensteiny. But he can't get Data to turn back on. Yeah, something's wrong. And and uh, Samuel Clemens finds his uh, watch on a table. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh boy, my watch! <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Data's fucking dead. He's never going to turn back on, and neither is your watch. And yeah. he, co- he sort of puts his hand on Data, and he's like, I certainly misjudged you, as yeah. I've misjudged many things. Yeah, he has a moment of... of- clarity and uh, nice yeah he's 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 on board now he gets it uh back in the wild west times question mark uh the female davidian wakes up and she's like full-on gold from fucking uh from stargate she's like you don't know what you've done yeah she's talking like i was on the emails episode (laughs) (laughs) hopefully that doesn't happen again but if it does sexy it's so it's so weird i don't know why i did that but they're like uh she's like why have you interfered and picard's like is that a, are you dumb you're yeah killing you're us. killing us yeah and she's like we need your energy <laughs> it's like yeah no shit he's trying to be like nice about it as well yeah he's like fine i'm so sleepy he doesn't say that <laughs> he says uh, he says maybe we can create like a replacement for you, like a substitute. Right. And she's like, fuck that shit, give me your brains. You taste too good. <laughs> and she says, there is no substitute, which, like, okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. We haven't sure, even tried right. yet, Dumbo. Yeah, we don't, we don't know that, right? But she's, like, laughing at him, like, if you, if you try and destroy our base, it'll destroy your world. It'll travel right. through time and destroy the planet Earth. Right, back and in time. And she fucking pieces out. She goes, bye. Bye-bye. 
it's <laughs> she's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riker is like, look, we're in the future again. He's not there suddenly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. That's what he says. Uh, <laughs> no, he's in the future, and he's like, I'm going back for Picard. And everybody's like, I don't think that's a great idea. Yeah, Worf is like, the captain wouldn't want you to do that, right? Like, he's like, we gotta blow this motherfucker up. <laughs> Which is super Worf. And yeah. usually people are like, uh, no. No. Yeah, but, but this time they're like, yeah, yeah he's right. Yeah, blow it up. Cause it's because Picard be... isn't there to be like, right. delay that order. <laughs> it's gotta be dramatic. So we gotta do the most dramatic thing. We're gonna blow up the cave for the photon torpedo, right? Fucking destroy them. Wipe out. out their race. <laughs> Jesus. That's what they're fucking doing. Um, yeah. And they end up doing. But um, <laughs> they they can't get data to reactivate. And it turns out that uh, there's an iron filling in the circuitry. And he's like, right. where the hell did that come from? Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, this and, is, like, really cool. Back in 1893, Picard picks up Data's severed gross head off the ground, and uh, he puts an iron filling into the circuitry. Yeah, he's let you know where it came a, from immediately. Yeah, he's um, tapping out a message, right? Yeah, he's using uh, Morse code, which binary code. Binary code. You're right. You're right. You're right. But like the the parallel to Morse code is is undeniable, right? Because that's when. Mm-hmm. Telegraphs in 1893 were big. And back in the future, Worf is like, torpedoes are armed. Oh, God, I'm so ready. My double dicks are hard. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Riker says, fire when ready. And Worf's like, it'll be ready in one minute. Dun, <laughs> like, dun, why is it ready already? It's fucking photon torpedo. What are we waiting yeah, for? Yeah, they fire them pretty fucking quick, usually. But yeah, whatever. usually they're just, they're just, they're in there. They're gone, right? Like, But uh, uh, Data gets reactivated, and he does this, like, grab onto the bars thing. Like, yeah, like he's, <laughs> what? Yeah. Torpedoes. Phasing. Phasing. Alien. And then he, like, readjusts himself. And he's like, are we about to shoot torpedoes, Jordy? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you gotta stop that shit! We cannot do this. We're gonna something. Yeah. Fuck! And then, yeah, and then, so, like, it just cuts, right? It just fucking cuts. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to yawn anymore. Let's see if it it's works right. out. Um, it's alright. You got two hours of sleep. Nobody's sleeping, so. Yeah, I got two hours of sleep because of tummy troubles. I'm sure that's an old fucking song for listeners of this podcast, oh, yeah. but it does play a lot in my household. Playing the butt trumpet. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Data's, Data has time to change into his uniform before he gets to the bridge, which I always find very funny when it happens. Yeah. But he's like, uh, the phase differential of the torpedoes is going to destroy the planet Earth. Right. We, we have to modify them so that the explosion is rephased into the aliens' timeline and not ours. <laughs> Which Fuck, you seem dude. like they would have thought about already. Because if, right. if you destroy the planet, they're not in the same timeline we are. It's not going to do anything. Right. But they fucking... Uh, they fucking... There, Avengers, they fucking fly that torpedo through the wormhole. That's what they're doing. Uh, Riker's like, oh, perfect. Now I can go back and get the captain. Yeah, now we got time, yeah. 
and only one person is going to be able to go through the rift, and they can't come back. Uh-oh, there's all kinds of space rules. Oh, no, what's going to do it? Also, why does Crusher know this? She's a <laughs> doctor, but whatever. <laughs> sure, she had lines. She needed to say them. But uh, Clemens Mark is Twain like, comes I in. have the perfect solution. I'll do it. And they're like, oh, God. I'm about to go on the greatest adventure man has ever had. Yeah, yep. And they're like, okay, you got to remember this number, .047. Can you do that? <laughs> I don't know numbers. He's like, 69, dude. <laughs> uh, back in uh, Wild West times, uh, Guinan's like, I'm thirsty. And Picard's like, yeah, you are. Yeah, me too. And she's like, for water. And he goes, uh oh, okay. And then a slide whistle goes pew, pew, and this is Wiener. That's what that it symbolizes means. his dick. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Samuel Clemens runs into the rescue, and he's he's like, "This thing put me down in the middle of Market Street. It took forever to get here." Because <laughs> he's a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> fucking old man Marty McFly is what he is. He's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Clemens is like, there's a something about 0.047? And they're like, okay, all right, here we go. You, you type that into the snake? I don't know. <laughs> okay, bye. Enjoy the rest of your shitty lives. <laughs> now he's full on Reese's at this point. <laughs> Later, losers. Uh, but basically Clemens is like, I'll take care of all your dumb shit while you're gone. Bye-bye. Yep. yep. <laughs> Picard's like, I wish I could have gotten to know you better. And he's like, you can read my books. Yeah, that's the best way to know me. It's a pretty cool line, right? And it's yeah. cool that Picard's like, yo, I wanted to hang out with you, dude. I and he's like, you can. You can read my <laughs> stupid books. You'd rather read the books, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Picard says to Guinan, I'll see you in 500... Or she says, I'll see you in 500 years. And he says, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Damn, in bed with my wiener erect. <laughs> That's why they pay you the big podcasting bucks, Josh. That's fucking right. I know how to fuck. <laughs> I know where wiener goes. Anywhere. Any which way. But Loose is a good movie. <laughs> Uh, Data is like, there's massive triolic wave activity on the surface, but there's no human life signs. And Riker's like, then fire torpedoes. Oh, no. And Data's like, oh, no, there's a human life sign. I fucked up. Shit, beam him up quickly, Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> and O'Brien beams him out just in time. Of course, of course. And then the course. planet fucking explodes. Boom, son, Death Star. <laughs> and you have to wonder in this fun episode about Mark Twain and Wild West Adventures, did our heroes just off an entire race? Possibly. Anyway, they ride off into the sunset. <laughs> and that's the Western collection. Well, uh, there is the the scene where Picard goes to Ten Forward and smiles awkwardly at Guinan for fucking yeah. ever. Yeah, and then like, fucking uh, that Michael George Michael song plays. Yeah. Careless whisper. That's it. 
Fuck. And he slowly unzips his, his suit. entire outfit. <laughs> it just peels off of him, and he's buck-ass nude wearing a baby diaper. He does the... Oh, Jesus. You made this so much worse. He's into it, man. Fucking he, he does that strip tease that Daffy Duck does in that one cartoon. Where they oh, the yeah. Boy. Except yeah. it's way hotter because it's the So part. hot. Yeah. Uh, the scene, the episode does end with Mark Twain finding his watch and being like, "Hey, my cool watch!" <laughs> but then he puts it back down where it was supposed to be, down. pats yeah. it, and leaves. It was, it's yep. a nice ending. It's cool. It's a full circle, right? Because they find the watch in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love this episode more and more every time I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This episode is all right. <laughs> I this is a plus. This is a plus episode for me. You just fucking love Mark Twain. You love this think, Mark Twain. I think this is this is like an episode of a show that like you'll never ever see again. Like you'll never no, see this. This again. is so nineties. There's never gonna be another yeah. show like this. It's a, and it's so like charming and like clever. It's clever enough with all. I mean, there's like. We pointed out several plot holes where they're just like, we're here now, Which whatever, right? Which really like, matter. I mean, right. like, there are some podcasts you might be listening to. I, I don't, I can't name any names because I don't listen to any others about Star right. Trek, but uh, where people just, like, super nitpick plot holes right. and shit, but, like, as long as it isn't to the detriment of the story, it doesn't matter. Right. If it, if it serves the story well, which this yeah. you don't need to focus on all that minutia, like whatever. The like, plot they just holes get are there. literally like they're not even attached to the main thrust of the story. They're just right. like we need to get to the next part real quick so that we can continue the main thrust of the story. Right. It's different than like a J.J. Abrams plot hole, which is the whole story. The everything is the plot <laughs> hole. Yeah. <laughs> Every goddamn thing. Pothole MacGuffin. It's a knife. Where'd the knife come from? Uh, the Sith? Well, the why'd they Sith know about the Death it. Star? Uh, I don't know. The Sith made the Death Star. Whatever. <laughs> okay, cool. The, I guess that's cool. This is not a bad episode of Star Trek. I would never say that. It's a good episode of Star yeah. Trek. It's very clever. The writers definitely had a lot of fun with, yeah. the, with the Mark Twain character. There's a twist that you would never see in anything else. They usually respect, like, uh, historical figures like, a little bit too yeah. much to have them be yeah. villains in a story. Yeah, they kind of they kind of make it so Mark Twain is like not a good guy. He's he's yeah. not a, he's opposition at, at least, right? Like he he's in their a way. In this, he does. Is the he thing. does. Like usually, if characters meet a historical figure, the historical figure teaches them a lesson. Them the lesson, right? Yeah. But this is but the here, opposite. Here they teach Mark Twain, which is great. It's great. I love it. As opposed to, I mean, if anybody listening to this ever listened to Writer Club Radio, the Common Writer podcast I was on, uh, they're probably yelling at the thing. That's exactly what happens in Decade. But uh, for Josh, that that would be like. If Picard went back in time and beat the shit out of Mark Twain, yeah, bitch, <laughs> right, 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 and right. then Mark Twain learned a lesson. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for contextualizing you, that. You're I, welcome. It's fine. I didn't see that one. <laughs> the entire show of Common Rider Decade is he goes back, he goes to other worlds and meets the previous Common Riders, and then either dunks all over them or beats the shit or out, fights of them. them. Yeah, it's like a 
What's like, that? The new guy's better than all the bad, the previous <laughs> shitty guys. Yeah. <laughs> Buy this toy. Yeah. This toy's better. It's magenta. Yeah. This or toy whatever. kicks ass. Uh, <laughs> nobody beats the shit out of Mark Twain, although he kind of deserves it at several points. He does, but he's also an old man. He learns a lesson in a way that most old men don't, so that's appreciated. That's true. Most old men do not learn any lessons. Uh, ever. The the plot with the Davidians is interesting. It's an interesting foe for the Enterprise because you can't reason with them and you can't outpower them. You have to yeah. outsmart them. You have to figure out a way to turn their own technology against them. They're more like a virus, right? They're more like a vermin. They're well, not. They, they do outstrength them by shooting them with a big, big bomb. They just <laughs> completely decimate Davidia. Because rest in peace, about, Davidians. Who cares about that place? Am I right? <laughs> pieces of shit. You were all eating our our people. So you butthole faced motherfuckers. It was an interesting foe. Because like, yeah. there's literally nothing they can do to stop them to, be, to begin with. They have right. to like reverse engineer everything they do along the way. It's very interesting. I like that. I like when in uh, like the Iceman episode when he when he invents the thing, right? Like he's like doing science. He like invents science. I think that's funny. It's it's awesome. Like yeah. He there's, goes there's and he's something... like, I gotta make this thing out of an anvil and shit, right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> there's something extremely cool about like future characters being trapped in a past where the technology is incapable of helping them yeah. anymore and they have to make the technology they have to figure it out it's yeah like uh, cowboy wharf when he made his personal force field yeah when he makes his fucking uh, halo shield which is like like i mentioned in the episode i think is the first instance of a personal force field in yeah. history yeah wharf does not get enough credit for being smart he it's isn't like, just a dumb idiot who throws punches he is a tactical officer give that shit to the troops during the dominion war you would think like wharf is like just fucking forgot about it like, yeah oh that one time i made a shield i guess we could have used that oh man fucking like nine trillion people died dude. Worf, you piece of shit wharf and then he goes uh oh oh <laughs> fucking uh <laughs> the uh like Voyager video game Elite Forces, the first yeah. person shooter, have personal force fields that work yeah, in you the do, same way. You do an STO too. Yeah. They're they're Halo shield. They're just Halo shields. Yeah. Too. So like maybe we just didn't see them in the show because yeah. They didn't wanna... Yeah. Maybe they're just maybe it's too in. It's yeah. It's not necessary, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like special effects budget. They just didn't have. Yeah. That could be a retcon. I'd be fine with. Like I they would all be actually had force fields. Yeah, and it lasts for, like, as long as it lasts, right? And then yeah. it, lead, like, it's like, whatever. Uh, t- but <laughs> maybe Worf was just like, ah, uh, fuck it. I don't remember how to make it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it was so long ago, and it was the time I was with my son, and I blocked all those out by <laughs> drinking. I deleted those memories by alcohol. Worf, we need you to make the force field that you made before. When did I make that? Oh, you were in the holodeck with your son. I have a son? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I don't have a son. <laughs> I think I would remember something that stupid. Yeah, you had him with Kalar, remember? Mm. Not ringing a bell. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, Worf is barely in this episode, and he gets called a werewolf. So. Yep. 
A werewolf. A werewolf. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. It's so good. This is a comedy episode. Like, it has a sci-fi plot, but it is yeah. 100% a comedy episode. It's That's why I think I like it. It's it's really super funny and, like, far more comedy than it's normally in Star Trek, but also, like, it's it's very uh, science fiction-y with the time travel. I lo- any any time travel plot, I'm, I'm, I love it. So, automatically, I love that. Yeah, I've, I've met a lot of people who are very anti-time travel plot. Like, they hate any time they travel hate it. plot. I'm sort of the opposite. I I'm the opposite, time too. time travel fun. It's super fun. It's and, a hell of a lot of fun. Like, I don't pay attention to the rules of it very much. And I think yeah. people who do, that's the problem. Like, I'm more, yeah, I'm more of the, like... They can focus on it, and none of it makes sense, so they don't like yeah. it. I, I I am more of the like I like the story uh, device where like it's the same timeline and you like Back to the Future like you can fuck up your timeline. Yeah, I don't like this do new something. I hate this new fucking like it's a different timeline. It's like it's fucking that. Well, there's no stakes at that point. Yeah, nothing it's, fucking matters. It's like the sliders rule. Yeah, like who cares? Like who cares? What if they called it that. What if like, it might every be called sci-fi that. writer and throughout all the rest of history was like, so is this like a Back to the Future? Or is this a sliders? And then someone goes <laughs> sliders, sliders. <laughs> I love that show. That was that a great show. Was fucking great. It's every time I've seen the main guy from that show and anything else. I'm Jerry like, O'Connell. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. I wanted to see him in more shit because I liked him so much. I was like, he's, hey, Sliders guy. He's Trip McNeely from Can't Hardly Wait. Trip McNeely, man. He's uh, he's he's the cockroach. Yeah, Joe's apartment. Joe's apartment guy from wanted, MTV. I, my brain kept saying Joe versus a volcano. Yeah, that's that is same. that would be Tom. That would be Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe's apartment. Yeah, what a movie! <laughs> what a time when that was a movie. You know what people love? Roaches. <laughs> it was like a what was it? It was like a liquid television thing or something. It was some MTV thing, right? Like it was like a. It was like a show? It wasn't a show, though. It was like no, a it short. it wasn't a show. It was literally just they made the movie. Like, I, it was I an think idea it, yeah. that they were going to do as a show. And they, I think it was... a show. It was a skit, and then they made it a movie. Yeah, I think it was like like a liquid television skit. It might not have been like... It was something, but it was just like a short thing, and then they were like, make a movie. It's like only in the fucking 90s were we that, like, opulent that we could make a movie about Joe's... Like, who fucking cares? Here's here's the fucking, like... Here's the biggest telltale sign that the 90s was going way overboard with movies. Yeah. There was a movie, a full-scale Hollywood blockbuster film about Pat from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Pat. Pat. The crux like, of that joke was, is Pat a boy or a girl? Right. Which, that shit don't fly in 2020, That Grandpa. shit doesn't fly anymore. <laughs> but even back then, it was like, this is not funny. Like, no. it's just not funny. It's like fucking it's making not. a movie about the making copies guy. What the fuck right. are you doing? Right. It's not funny anymore. Yeah, this is not the Blues Brothers. This is right. not a good skit that you can right. make something off of. It's a, it's a one-note pony here. We yeah. got one joke. They made a movie of the ladies' man. I know. I remember the ladies' man. 
whose entire skit Tim gag Meadows. was that he was like a 1970s pervert. He was a pimp, yeah. He was like a fucking, yeah. But he was kind of like a loser, yeah, right? he was like, like a, a wannabe pimp who pretended but like, to be a pimp on cable access and the answered skit, questions. Yeah, the skit was funny because like you slowly revealed how much of a loser the guy was, right? Like he's he's yeah. like kind of like pathetic and like, but the movie, like who cares, right? Like I, I, I saw it and I don't remember what happened. I don't remember it either. I, One of the yeah. first times I ever thought that I saw The Rock in anything oh, was yeah. he was the guest host on Saturday Night Live and he was in a ladies man skit yeah. And he talked about doing the Alabama Crab Dangle. <laughs> and I remember the name of that sex move that's, forever. That's the sex move, yeah. The Alabama Crab Dangle. That's a good one. Because, like, the whole thing with the ladies' man is he kept making jokes about all these, like, sex moves that had ridiculous names. Yeah. And when The Rock came on and started talking about sex moves with ridiculous names, the ladies' man didn't know any of them and he kept pretending he did. That's the joke. But then they made a movie out of it. <laughs> God, we get an hour and a half of this. Cool. Jesus. Yeah, what a time, man. They should have made a movie about this fucking Mark Twain. <laughs> I wish there was a Star Trek movie with Mark Twain in it. He just comes back and he's like, get it up. And he's like Rambo. He's like, we gotta go save Guinan. He fucking comes back. He, he comes to the crew of the Enterprise, and they're all old, and they're, like, at a reunion, and he comes in with, like, fucking two revolvers, and he's like, <laughs> run yourselves, fools! <laughs> Break yourself! <laughs> Break yourself! I paid it. I paid it. Get buck naked! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love this episode. This episode, for me, is like a B. I know for Josh, it's like an S. A plus plus plus. It's a S star. It's it's a B. I like it a lot. It's funny. Um, I I don't hate the Samuel Clemens as much as Crystal, my wife does. I love it. I love him. But uh, it's. I'm just gonna say Crystal from now on. You guys could fucking context clue. Yeah, I figured uh, out. The uh, the crux of the episode is about a crazy time travel alien that's going to eat our brains and we got to stop him. Mm-hmm. Mark Twain just happens to be there, which is the funniest shit to me. <laughs> Oopsie, accidental Mark Twain. The writers were like, oh no, I, I accidentally put Mark Twain in this? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't watch the episodes uh i highly recommend you watch them like hell yeah i don't know why you would some people listen to this without watching the episode which is super confusing to me but thank Maybe you they just like to hear our explanation i don't know i, I appreciate guess I it describe what happens in the show so technically yeah, you don't have to you don't watch have the show. to yeah it's kind of nice that way that's fun i never thought of it that way <laughs> yeah it's like a book club where you don't have to read the book aka right. cracking the spine A.K.A. book clubs. (laughs) 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 Fucking got him. (laughs) Remember that show? The the biggest thing that you should take away from listening to this episode of M-Class Podcast is we have a Patreon. (laughs) It's called, it's at patreon.com slash M-Class Podcast. And we just released a new commentary track, a new Jeff and Josh talk over movies. For the Super Mario Brothers movie. 
Oh my god. Which is, uh, which was a fun experience to say the least. I have a story for you. I, I, I can't tell you on this. It's, uh, it's not like a, a big deal, but it's a, it's a fun story about a thing I did that I met, I, I talked to somebody who their dad worked on that movie. Oh shit. You should have said that on the commentary. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Well, I didn't, I, so I didn't know then. That's fine. But I did. I did a thing on Monday, and I, I I talked to somebody whose dad worked on the movie, so I want to tell you about it. But I, okay. I don't want to say who it was yet, in case because I don't know when that's coming out or what, you know what I mean. Like I don't know the timing. Yeah, of the, we'll so uh, we'll keep it under our hats for now. Maybe that's yeah. something you'll hear about in the future. Yeah, maybe we'll record us talking about it a little bit and release it as a little extra thing on Patreon, which for as little oh. as a dollar you can become a member of and get everything we've ever done that's become free at this point to you guys. Yeah, it's a lot of shit. I think last time I checked, there was almost a hundred things. A hundo? A hundo. And nice. uh, for as little as a dollar, you get, I think, like 80% of that at this point yeah. for a dollar. Maybe more. But uh, we just released that commentary track, and it will be available to everybody um, probably a week or two after this comes out. But uh, by everybody, I mean patrons. You have to be right. a patron to get that show. Right. So uh, head over there now. Become our bestest friend on Twitter by following us at mclasspodcast and shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com for our other show. Hell yeah. Uh, our, as I mentioned at the top of the show, our next collection is the uh, Any Universe But This Collection by Rich Masters, his three-peat victory Getting a Damn. collection on the show. Dude is like the Phil Jackson of fucking collections at this point. Dude is like the Cheater McCheaterson of cheating and getting his collections in. I know. Yeah. I'm going to find gonna have to, you out. We're going to have to uh, have an inspection. <laughs> independent. We're going to have to hire an independent council to fucking yeah. investigate you. See what's going on with this. We've got some insider baseball going on, I think. Yeah, I don't know how since yeah. we're the hosts, but still. Since we're the ones who do all the things. <laughs> still. It's going to turn out that we're both corrupt and they're going to have to take us off the council. But Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The... the the audio peaks in this episode are going to be delightful. Uh, that's I've, why Levelator <laughs> exists. That's why you Levelator. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to know what episodes we're going to be watching ahead of time so that you can make certain that you've seen them and you're following along with the book club aspect of M-Class Podcast, you should definitely be following us on Twitter at M-Class Podcast because mm-hmm. uh, we post up the new collections there as our pinned tweet. So, go check that shit out. Right at the top. I'd like to thank Vitizen for the use of his uh, theme song, The Outer Space Race, for our podcast. It's a banger. Great song. You can song. find him on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore, and everywhere online is Vitizen. Mm-hmm. Check out his music and rock the fuck out. I'd like to thank Josh for being my friend. Being on Thanks for being my friend. Thank you for being a friend. I love you gonna put my wiener in your butt. <laughs> Well, while we do that, we're going to go ahead and turn these hot, hot mics off. Yeah. We will or see- are we? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe that's a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Let me just turn this mic off uh, and make sure this camera is also off. Click. Oh, it's off. We can go now. <laughs> Beep boop. It's off. <laughs> uh, oh. 
Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back in uh, one or two weeks, depending on what the hell happens with the world. With more M class goodness. Bye bye. Not so fast, Jeff and Josh. It's me, slightly less past Jeff, and I'm here with some important information from your future and everybody else's past, I guess. I just thought I'd jump in here and insert the fact that it's imperative that uh, you support Black Lives Matter's funds and charities at this time of growth in the United States and the world over. It's not just the U.S. that's going through all of this. We always ask for your support via our Patreon, but our dumb shit show isn't what's important right now. What's important is ending systemic racism and police abuse against black people. I know I sound like a very special episode PSA, but fuck it. I'm trying to live in the Star Trek utopia. If you're into that too, consider going to blacklivesmatter.card.co. That's card with two R's. And choosing any of the myriad of funds to donate to in order to help us get there. Thank you all. And live, laugh, eat, pray, love, Babila. I'm mentally ill.